Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that's framing up. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor. I was over here. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on the Facebook.com or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today with reindeers on her sweater. Mm-hmm. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Yeah. I like this one because it's not like mm. in your face Christmas, but it's enough to mm-hmm. where you know. You know what's going to be interesting is that your streak of uh, wearing Christmas sweaters is coming to an end this week. This week? Why this week? Oh, you know. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Why would you have to wear something besides a Christmas sweater, Pickle? Ah. Uh, it's on its way. It should be here That's tomorrow. Right, folks. <laughs> You're joining us in the late. We made a deal. It's on wax. It's on wax that Pickle is going to wear her letter jacket on the show because Lano's in the state semifinals. Yep. And there, I just realized some people were asking, was I supposed to wear it today? No. No. It's on its way. It's just sometime this week. Yeah. It'll be before game. What time they play? I was thinking Thursday. Like, why not wear it? Do well, they play Thursday? Yeah, they play okay. Thursday. Then we'll, you're going to wear it Thursday. Thursday. All right. show on Thursday. Um, yeah. A reason being, too, is I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious, and I was not about to have Trish and LP mail that up no. here before the game last Friday. And right. then we live in the boonies, so they had to mail it out this morning. So right. it'll be here. So. It will be here. Don't worry. We're on it. It is happening. Pickle is wearing her letter jacket (laughs) on Thursday. Today is Monday, December 7th, 2020, 353 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 1080. 1080, the Koji Wahara episode. Koji traded in 2011 from Baltimore to Texas for Chris Davis and Tommy Hunter, I want to say. That did not end up being a great trade. But Koji was an important part of that bullpen that took the Rangers to the World Series. I like the name Koji. Koji Wahara. He was a nice guy, too. Everybody liked him. Oh. Go you, Koji. Go you. Do we first fourth of the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Aaron Flynn, Meese, and Andrew Christensen. Welcome in, fellas. Too many Aarons. You guys fight. Only one Aaron now. 
Well, me messed up the A streak, too, because Andrew was the other yeah, name. Yeah, I was going to say. On today's show, friends, it's Monday morning fallout. We'll overreact to the football weekend. Then we've got the final Dave Campbell's Text Football Associated Press Rankings of the Year. We'll have that. Then we will have the, we'll announce the Mr. Text Football Player of the Week nominees, the Dave Campbell's Text Football Coach of the Week. Round it all out with a nice campus crawl. Look at the 12 FPS teams in the state of Texas. <clears throat> Pickle! Hit that error sign. It's time for Monday morning. Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and there is plenty, a plenty, to overreact to. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, surprisingly unsurprising. Across the Texas high school football landscape, there were, I would say, not many surprises last week. No. That's n not too bad. That in and of itself is rather remarkable. For example, I went 24 and 4 on my playoff picks. Yeah. I went 24 and 4 That's on my impressive. playoff picks. That's impressive. And one of those was a spite pick cuz I sp I picked Blum to beat May <laughs> and they damn near did it. They went in overtime. Went in overtime and lost in the semifinal. Good season, Blum. Um so the ones that I missed were I had Corpus Christi Miller over Austin LBJ, but I think everybody pretty much assumed that was going to be em. total pick a total pick'em type game. Absolutely. LBJ made plays. We'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, I had Malakoff over Mount Vernon. That was probably the biggest surprise of the weekend. Yes. Was Mount Vernon uh, beating one of the hottest teams in the state in Malakoff, and so mm -hmm. Mount Vernon, the Region 2 champions in 3A Division 1. And the other one was Cristoval. I had Cristoval over Fall City, which is funny because if you look back <laughs> on my graphic on the pre or the pre playoff graphics, mm -hmm. I had Fall City. So did I really miss it? Who knows? No, yeah, I no, I had to. I legitimately had to go back in and change that graphic because I was like, "Hang on, yeah. did I type that wrong?" And I went back no. and looked at your script, and I was like, "No, he just said it." Well, wrong. I think I think, it, I think it speaks to the fact that I think we. I think my I had I had predicted in my brain, and there's no way to verify this except getting inside my brain which God, no one wants to do that, to do that. <laughs> but i i thought i thought we're probably gonna have a cristobal fall city uh regional final and that just speaks to the fact of like what a close matchup, matchup. I expected oh yeah and the other one was blum i'd blum over me so in a lot of ways it was and, and that's not to say that i'm the ultimate arbiter of all things texas well what i'm saying is oh, that it was that. relatively it was relatively chalky yes i would say that for the most part favorites won now that's not to say that they weren't in trouble right um for example, Shiner had all sorts of trouble with Furio, mm -hmm. but they ended up pulling out one. McKamey jumped out like 18-0 on Wellington before Wellington uh, mounted a big comeback. Elysian Fields uh, got their heart ripped out by uh, by Wascom. Salina got their heart ripped out by Graham. Right, They were close games, but across the entire landscape, I don't necessarily think that we have a ton of surprising state, at least at this point, based on the information we had coming into the week, surprising state semifinalists. Yeah. For example, if you take a look, we have five first-time state semifinalists. Mm -hmm. uh, Austin LBJ, see if I can rattle these off. Austin LBJ, Lindale, Lano, Mount Vernon, and... Was it Hallettsville? Or no, no, they no. were the one that Hallettsville were made it in, in 1976. the 76. 76, yeah. okay. Uh, but there was another one who I am, whose name is escaping me at you the moment. You put it on Twitter. Timpson. Timpson. Oh, Timpson is in first Maximum season. Bears. Maximum Bears. The, and so, really, across the state of Texas, I'm not sure that you had this, like, 
landscape shift. And I'll be honest, generally speaking, you don't have a ton of upsets in the semifinals. Part of that is because the, in, in the next round, I should say, part of that is because at this point, all the teams are really good and there's just not any overwhelming favorites. I can think of two that I think might be considered overwhelming favorites. Mm-hmm. But like overall, you don't have a ton of upsets. And so, really, in a lot of ways, we may be past the point of major surprises. Right. I think the other thing is that we've all adjusted our expectations so that we all know that all the teams that are alive right now are all really good. Some may be slightly better than others, right. but like they're not. There, there's no, there's no Cinderella at this point. Even like, even if we didn't pick Jim Ned to come out of Region One, mm-hmm. at the this way point, that they've been playing, you can't the, argue against it. At this point, it's hard to call them a Cinderella. Well, and I think too, it doesn't help the matter this week of the fact of just how crazy the previous week was before like it wasn't just one or two big upsets it was like the week the previous week was upset after upset after upset for the entirety of Friday so then you go into this mm-hmm. week and there's like the one or two and it's like oh man that's not near as much of a banger as it was you know the week before so that's thought number one surprisingly unsurprising. thought number two much better and that is a reference to the college football world. If you remember Monday Morning Fallout last week, that's the third one. I wondered about um, that. The college football last week Much in the state better. of Texas <laughs> stunk. Last week it just it just it it stunk. Oh, it was it awful. stunk on ice. It was ugly. It was really it was it, it's not that everybody lost. It was how they performed. Terrible. Which was just miserable to watch. It was miserable to sit through. Okay. This week, I thought, much more of a watchable product, much more of an enjoyable product from the Texas teams. I thought A&M played pretty darn well against Auburn. Mm -hmm. I thought Texas played pretty darn well against Kansas State, at least offensively. The surprise of the nation. Hoot. Hoot. Those Rice Owls. That's what (laughs) happens when Rice plays. They lift all boats. Uh, Rice stuns 21 Marshall, number 21 Marshall, on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they shut him out. I thought Baylor's defense played really well. Mm-hmm. I thought TCU played really well overall in their upset win over Oklahoma State. And so, this is, I think that that is, that is really nice. Now, look, we're going into the final week of the regular season this week. What trend holds up? Will we have pretty football? Will we have ugly football? That kind of remains to be seen. But as as far as compared to last week, I don't think there's any doubt about it that the college football landscape in Texas is Overall, in a much better, better place today than it was a week ago today. Mm-hmm. And thought number three, the oddest week, the cruelest round. Yeah. So we mention this every year whenever uh, this comes to this time of year, whenever I, I come on Monday morning follow-up, and I say the same thing, which is this is the cruelest round of the playoffs. Emotions. Because all 12 of the semifinals, so all 24 of the semifinalists are this close. They're all 48 minutes away. And by the way, I know I'm a broken record to people who watch the show, but if you make it to a title game, you go in the record books. Mm -hmm. You are remembered. Even if it goes terribly for you, okay? I can tell you, so I've been here since 2011. I think I can tell you every team that's pl- that I've seen play in a title yeah. game. Okay? I was like, like, a prime example is last year, Richmond Springs and Molly County. 
They got 45 and I can how, still tell you that like that. You I know? go back to 2018 when Mart lost to Gro- when Mart beat Groover, mm-hmm. and Groover really did not play well. And I think you talk Coach Terry Felder, I'll tell you we just didn't play well, right? Mm-hmm. Got kind of run off the field. I remember Groover. Right. I remember bowling making it to a title game. Mm-hmm. I remember um, uh, Yoakum making it to a title game. Right. I make I remember these teams that uh, like Course Cannon Mildred, right, with Nick Sheminek. I remember those teams. But if you, I could not tell you who, who those teams played. beat in the semifinals. Mm-mm. No, I, I can't. I can't. And that's not that to me represents a new pressure for these kids because if you win this week, you're remembered forever. Mm-hmm. Now uh, across the state, if you lose this week, you're remembered in town. But that's but it. That might be it. But it's odd because normally this is this is also I think going to be an extremely strange week of games because. Of what's happening in the big schools. Mm-hmm. Because in 6A and 5A, it's the first round of the playoffs. We're starting over. We're starting over for them. We're starting the Texas High School playoffs this week. The first round of the 6A and 5A playoffs. And so as a result, you will have these like two different kinds of emotions. right? You will have Galena Park North Shore going out there and playing Deer Park. And I'm going to be honest, I think North Shore is going to win that game. Right? That's going to be a first round playoff game. You're also going to have Canadian and Gunner Part 5 in like a high-stakes, high-emotion game. Mm -hmm. That contrast is not something we've seen in Texas high school football literally ever. So we're in uncharted territory right now. This is going to be a strange week. And next week, by the way, it's going to be even stranger. Mm -hmm. It's going to be even stranger. So it's just going to be a different kind of week in the Texas high school football world. Those are my three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker. Let's talk kickers. Graham yes. Kicker Chandler Dyer. He kicked a 45-yard field goal, which was a school record, and then he followed it up with the game-winning field goal as Graham took down Salina in the Region 1 final in 4 Division 2. They're through to the state semifinals. Um, and that was a game, by the way, that Graham basically won entirely excuse me, entirely based on their special teams. They returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then they had a, a game-winning field goal. So it's like they bookended it with big special right. teams plays. So helmet sticker for Graham Kicker, Chandler Dyer. A helmet sticker for Texas running back Bijan Robinson. That kid balled out. Uh, finally let him loose. Nine carries, 172 yards, and three touchdowns for Bajan Robinson. Um, Rashawn Johnson also had 139 yards and three touchdowns in Texas's big win over Kansas State. And a helmet sticker for Killeen Harker Heights running back Rashawn Sanford. 36 carries, 327 yards, and two touchdowns rushing in Harker Heights' playoff clinching win. Over Pelton last week. Congratulations to Harker Heights and Rashawn Sanford. A helm sticker for you. Three teams to watch. The Lindale Eagles are into their first ever state semifinal with their big win last week over Kilgore. That offense is something ridiculous at this point. Um, they have scored in the playoffs. Let me look this up. The things Coach Cochran is doing over there is it's just, amazing. I mean, it's, it's astronomical. It's, 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 re- it's remarkable. They have scored in the playoffs. They scored 56 they scored uh, this week. Yeah, they scored 36 the week before. They scored 70 the week before. I mean, they have been on an absolute heater offensively. And 
you know, a lot of it, I think a lot of people are, are going to point, uh, understandably so, to Jordan Jenkins. But that's a whole team effort. That yeah. whole team is really humming right now. And they get a big game this week in the state semifinals against Austin LBJ. You be quiet. Are we just going to have a jam session real fast? Uh, Texas A&M. A&M stays in the playoff hunt. I'll say this. They're doing what they need to. That was a lot better. They needed some uh, some better style points. And to go on the road and mm-hmm. beat a team convincingly, 31-20. It was not always convincing. No. But it but was, the moment they and, turned it on. But that fourth quarter, they flipped the switch. Mm-hmm. And they and they turned it into a convincing win. I thought Kellen Mond was really sharp. They got a nice game from Isaiah Spiller. And that defense continued to, to make the plays they needed to. I didn't think they were spectacular. But they were good enough to stay in the playoff race. Uh, a big game coming up this week. I mean, they're all big games at this point. But uh, a big game coming up this week against Ole Miss. And helmet sticker. I'm sorry. For uh, teams to watch. Let's talk about Texas School for the Deaf. Yeah. Texas School for the Deaf, the Rangers down there, are into a state championship game for the first time in program history, which is remarkable considering they are, they've they they've been in a title game as an 11-man school. This is their first year as a six-man school. Hmm. They're playing in their first year as a six-man team school. They are into the state championship game in TAPS Division One, thanks uh, in large part to their coach, John Moore, and what they've been able to do there. Pretty remarkable thing there for the Rangers, so keep an eye on the Texas School for the Deaf. Three to see. It's Canadian v. Gunner, Part 5, Volume 5, if you will. Um, 4 o'clock Friday at uh, Anthony Field in Abilene. And if, it has, if it's going to follow any sort of, you know, recent trend, it's going to be a banger. It's, yep. I, think, I think with all due respect to Franklin and, Buff, or Franklin and Wascombe, which is another interesting game, by the way, a rematch of the 2015 title game that ended at 1 of them at 30 in the morning at Energy Stadium. With all due respect to them, I think Canadian Gunner is probably number one. For, it's number one versus number two in our rankings. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. So that's that's all you need to know from that point perspective. But figures to be uh, another banger. How about Louisiana Tech at TCU in a hastily thrown together um, matchup? Yeah. What was la- end mm-hmm. of last end of last week? week? They all decided to get together and play this game. A final non non conference game for for TCU, and so T- TCU picks up a game this week. They will take on Louisiana Tech. And if you're looking for a first-round matchup in the big schools. A little bit of a hipster pick. May I direct you to 7 o'clock Friday at Memorial Stadium in Port Arthur. Yeah, Port Arthur Memorial, undefeated, looking very good, taking on Fort Ben Marshall, who is probably the best four seed in the playoffs. Fort Ben Marshall, I'm sorry, Fort Ben Hightower, rather. Fort Ben Hightower is a very dangerous team, okay? So Mm -hmm. if you're looking for maybe an upset special, Keep an eye on Fort Ben Hightower and Port Arthur Memorial. That is Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Let's do this, Pickle. Last one. Last one of the year, guys. Best one. Mm. <laughs> we have better. This is fair. Dave Campbell's Texas Football unveiled its final statewide Texas high school ball rankings on Monday at TexasFootball.com. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. Weekly rankings are revealed live on TexasFootball.com every Monday at 1230. In fact, we got it done early, 1219. Woohoo! Complete rankings at TexasFootball.com slash rankings. We've already we're already done with four eight, three eight, two eight, one eight, and the private school ranks. That leaves mm-hmm. only the final postseason ranking or final postseason rankings rather. 
for 6A. <laughs> We're not starting over here, no. bud. <laughs> no, this season's been long enough. The final rankings for Class 6A. Let's take a look. And they're going to look a lot of the same. In fact, only one change at the very bottom into the rankings. Number 25, San Antonio Brennan is the newest, uh, finishes the year ranked at number 25. Everyone else more or less the same. Uh, Tombow Memorial, U.S. Trinity, and Round Rock, 22, 23, and 24 all nudge up a spot. But a lot of idle teams, as we mentioned last week, a lot of teams off, including one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen of the top 25 did not play this week. It was sparse. Pretty sparse, but as a result, there is your final Dave Campbell's Texas Football Class 6A, top 25, your top five, Galena Park, North Shore, Duncanville, Austin Westlake, Allen, and Lake Travis. To 5A we go, where we do have a little bit of changes. Mm -hmm. Number nine Frisco Lone Star drops out after their loss to Denton Ryan, and in their place, the Bulldogs of Magnolia. In at number nine, they beat New Caney 35-14. The top five unchanged, Denton Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, Cedar Park, and Manville. Let me just draw your attention to this. Of the top ten... Of the top, let's take this. Of the top nine, one, two, five are in region three or region two. Four, five. five of them. Yeah. Denton, Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, Longview, Longview Magnolia, Magnolia, all in region two. Five in division one. That's going to be <laughs> the fun. The region of doom. And 5A division two, it is chalky. Everyone's a winner or idol. Your t final top five of the, rank of the year. Ennis, Alito, Fort Bend, Marshall, Huntsville, and Texas High round out your top ten, five. Of 5A Division II. So there they are, the final postseason Texas high school football rankings according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find these on texasfootball.com slash rankings. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. By the way, um... Tomorrow, I think, is our our goal is tomorrow will be Bracket Breakdown Day. Yes, right? on the show. On the show. Yes, correct, because We're... Bracketology videos, which there's another announcement, Bracketology videos for 5 and 6A will all be going up preceding the show. I will edit them and get them up, and we will share them, so probably around 3 or 4, start checking the YouTube page. Yes, but then we will we'll show them here on TexasFootball.com tomorrow. So if you're wondering yes. why aren't we breaking down the 6A, 5A brackets, we recorded those today. They have to be edited, and they will be to you tomorrow. So there you go. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Texas Bowl are proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at texasfootball.com. This is the final week, guys. This is the last week. Last one, best one. We've already gone... This is... Uh, is this the bonus one? Yeah, this is the bonus one. This is the one that we, we normally do not do. Normally we stop mm -hmm. after three rounds of the playoffs. Which would be at yeah, week 14. Yeah, so. so this is your final. Week 15, the first ever, the inaugural... Week 15. <laughs> week 15, Mr. Tex Football Player of the Week nominees. Jim Ned running back Xavier Wishart, 271 yards and four touchdowns rushing. He also returned a kickoff, 83 yards for a score for Jim Ned in their big win over Pilot Point. Gunner quarterback Hudson Graham, you can call him Hut, nine carries, 160 yards and four touchdowns rushing. He also went nine of 13 for 236 yards and three touchdowns through the air in Gunner's big win over Eastland. Allen wide receiver Blaine Green caught four passes for 143 yards and three touchdowns through the air for Blaine Green of Allen. 
Frisco Independence quarterback Braylon Braxton. He went 9 of 14 for 220 yards and three touchdowns passing. He also carried the ball nine times for 149 yards and three touchdowns on the ground for Frisco Independence. Conroe Grandoaks running back Micah Cooper finished his season with a bang. 25 carries, 374 yards, and four touchdowns on the ground. Dripping Springs wide receiver Cameron O'Bannon, 12 catches, 410 yards, and six touchdowns receiving for Dripping Springs wide receiver Cameron O'Bannon. San Antonio Southwest running back Andre Mitchell carried the ball 29 times, 29 times for 263 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. He also had 44 yards and a touchdown receiving. Port Arthur Memorial quarterback Jamar Sanders went nuts, 355 yards and four touchdowns passing, 125 yards and two touchdowns rushing. He had five receiving yards. <laughs> Just because, you know, why not? And he ran for a two-point conversion. Jamar Sanders, the quarterback for Port Arthur Memorial. How about this? Round Rock running back Israel Morgan carried the ball 27 times for 458 yards and six touchdowns. For okay, I'm the sorry. Dragons. What? 458 yards on 27 carries. And finally, our Rio Grande Valley Prince, Sherilyn Pioneer quarterback Eddie Lee Marburger throws for 428 yards and four touchdowns and runs for 170 yards and four touchdowns in Pioneer's big win to win the district over Mercedes. So those are your Week 15 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote now. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. This is also the last one at the East Pickle. Last one, best one. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 15, first ever Week 15, Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Terry Gamble from Allen. Coach Gamble, in 11 seasons as head coach, has led his teams to 11 district championships. As Thursday night, Allen earned their uh, their 60, I'm sorry, 83rd consecutive regular season win, closing out the regular season with a 59-35 win over Denton Braswell. In 5A, Don Gayton from San Antonio Lanier. Coach Gayton's Vox pulled off the upset Friday night, taking down San Antonio Brackenridge 14-7 to not only avenge an earlier season loss, but also clinched the Vox first district title in 15 years. Congratulations, Coach Gayton and the Vox. Very cool. In 4A, Jamal Fenner from Austin LBJ. Coach Fenner's Jaguars continue to make history on Saturday, advancing to the state semifinals for the first time in school history as LBJ knocked off Corpus Christi Miller 59-54 in an epic shootout. Banger of a game. In 3A, Matt Green from Milano. <laughs> Coach Green's Yellow Jackets improved 13-0 on the season and advanced to their first ever state semifinal, taking down district rival Lago Vista in a 31-25 thriller. In 2A, Greg Jacobs from Crawford. First-year Coach Jacobs has the Pirates in the state semifinals, improving to 13-1 on the season after a resounding 48-0 win over Bosqueville to win the Region 2 title in 2A Division I. In 1A, Craig Steele from May. Coached Steele's Tigers found themselves in a wild back-and-forth shootout with defending 1A Division I state champion Blum, Blum. eventually using a defensive stand in overtime to bring home a 92-86 victory, clinching the program's sixth title game berth. And in the private school ranks, John Moore from Texas School for the Deaf. Playing in its first season of six-man football, Moore has guided the Rangers to their first state championship berth with a hard-fought 39-28 win over San Marcos Baptist Academy in the state semifinals. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. Thanks for you do. Thanks for all you do for your teams, coaches, or teams, schools, and communities. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. 
You know, I just realized like a thing that I don't think that we've mentioned this entire time is our six-man games are set. Should we mention Officially. that? Yes. I feel like that's kind of noteworthy. We do have our first four uh, tickets punched. That's right. Yep. The 1A division will kick it off. So the state championship games will kick off next Wednesday. They get the, remember, they get the, what, what I like to call the Super Bowl week. Yes. They get the full week off before they get Which to Which we love Super Bowl I week. I think it's More cool. time for graphics. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, more time for us to take <laughs> our time doing the stuff. Yeah. Next Wednesday, 11 a.m. at AT&T Stadium, it'll be the 1A Division II state championship game mm -hmm. with Balmeray against Richland Springs. Richland Springs, of course, the nine-time state champion, the defending 1A Division II state champion. Mm -hmm. Balmeray into their third state championship game, I want to say, with um, with Coach Vance, Vance Jones. Jones. Uh, I talked with Granger Huntress yesterday, and what's really interesting about this game, so because Richland Springs wins so much, mm -hmm. like they've won nine titles. They're going for a record 10th title, yeah. right? Like they are... They're the juggernaut. On top of their second in a row. I mean Right, exactly. They're kind of like they're kind of like the New York Yankees in the sense that like they're the team <laughs> that everybody wants to beat. Right. right. Absolutely. And then on the other side you have Balmeray. Mm-hmm. Balmeray's never won a title. No. They have a legendary coach in Vance Jones. He's like the he's like considered maybe the greatest coach in six man football history. Mm -hmm. Uh he is going for a state title at his third as third different school, which I think would make him the only coach to ever do that. Wow. In and any so, classification? In any classification. Very and cool. so I believe, so you have this amazing, like, like dichotomy. Storyline story either line way. Of, like, you got, like, it's truly, like, the even though, like, it's so funny because Balmeray is number one, right? Right. But it's, like, you have this juggernaut in what in Richland Springs against, like, the so-called upstart. And it's, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of wild. It's like, one of those the, things. The storylines I start thinking about are really remarkable. I was, like, the the feature story that we do on TexasFootball.com is literally going to write itself in I mean, this it's, it's, scenario. It's movie type stuff. It's movie yeah. type stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, and, in, and then at 2 o'clock next Wednesday, mm -hmm. we have the 1A Division One state championship pitting. The Sterling City Eagles against the May Tigers. Shout out to the May logo. It's really the cool. Logo. The M with the like mm -hmm. the tiger stripe through the green. it. I yeah. made those graphics last night and was like, ooh, I like this. Sterling City has been the number one team in our rankings for about five or six. Well, the, yeah. the, the final like three or four weeks of the season. It was after um, they beat mm -hmm. uh, Motley County the first time. they beat Westbrook. Westbrook the first time. They beat Westbrook the first time. Uh, but they have earned their way. Both those both those games, by the way, went to overtime. Mm -hmm. You had two six-man semifinals go to overtime. Sterling City needed overtime to beat Borden County for a second time this season, and then May needed overtime to beat Which Dom. also meant the scores were like... Oh yeah, in like eighty something. Well, well to, no, for the for, for the, the for the May Blum, one for the Blum or yeah, Blum May was like yeah. ninety. I got here something. ninety. They were tied at like eighty six. Yeah, they were tied at seventy. Sterling City something. only won like forty eight forty, and they had to come back. Low. And Sterling City scored on the final play of regulation to force overtime, and then ended up winning the winning it and going to the state championship game. Remarkable stuff. So both six man games are going to be great, and they should they will be televised on Fox Sports Southwest. It'll be Craig Way and Granger Huntress on the call, uh, with I believe Austin Ivan on the sidelines. So there you go. There's some news for you. Some six man news to know. How about that? Is everybody yelling at you in the comments? You have this look on your face. No, I got a really weird email. Yeah. I think it's spam. You get those. Don't click on anything. I don't. Ever. Except uh -uh. TexasFootball.com. <laughs> Slash subscribe to become what a Campbell's segue. Texas Football <laughs> Insider. <laughs> Okay. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't like giving you compliments, but that one was good. That one was good. Mwah. There's your Mwah. one compliment Mwah. for the week. You, you got it out of the way Mwah. on Monday. I don't have to do it again. Okay. Pickle, let's round it all out with a nice campus crawl. A look at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. And got a few 
different teams to talk about. We're going to go in reverse alphabetical order today because I like making your job a little bit more difficult. Yeah. We will start with UTSA. Oh, poop. Did you not do it? Is it easier? No, is, I did. Is it easier no, if we go in no, order? No, no, no. No, I did, but I didn't change any of them to... We're in week 13 of college. It's okay. There we go. I still had week 11. UTSA. Did not play. In fact, their season's over. They're done. It's toast, right? Pretty sure. Let me make sure of that. I don't know. I mean, they'll make a bowl game. They will. Um, so, UTSA. Are they out of the West? Are they out of the championship? Oh, no. I'm sorry. They're they into the championship. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm, I'm I was like, aren't they? Yeah, they're they should be number one in CUSA West. Uh, so it depends because I don't know what they're doing as Unless far UAB as UAB has another game. Yeah, it doesn't like I don't know what their um what their schedule looks like because I don't know how they're doing the um the tiebreaker. Um, let's see, let's go to. Hold on, I'm looking at this. You're listening to live coverage of things I definitely should have done before the show was over. Well, Louisiana Tech would be playing TCU, so that's so the not conference, a conference US, game. So the conference USA title game is not set. If you look at the standings <laughs> right now. That's so on brand. It really is. Conference USA title game is not set. So UTSA is five and two in conference, but Louisiana Tech is four and two. UAB's two and one. So like I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't. I I honestly do not know how they're gonna determine this. Um. By the way, Rice just like screwed up Marshall's. Yeah. Too. <laughs> like now FAU can win. Um. So yeah, we we await to see if UTSA has another game on their schedule. Um. We do not. We do not know. They so. shouldn't have had anything canceled, though. You do you I don't say? think. You just say? No, they played 11 games. Yeah. Done. Yeah. So, anyway, they're done with the scheduled games for now. We'll see if they have another one. Gotcha. UTEP. We've mentioned this before. They might be done, done. They're supposed to play North Texas this week. They're playing at Apogee. They moved it to Denton. Yeah, so go from, from El Paso to Apogee. Let's On see if Friday that happens. Friday night at 5 o'clock. Let's see if that happens. Can c- Call me a little bit skeptical yeah. of that. So, there you go. Texas Tech. Well, look. What look, 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 look. Hold on, 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 hold on. Ugly wins are better than pretty losses. Okay? It's an ugly win. But it was a horrific win. Horrifying. It was so gross. Terrible. Gross. <laughs> but it's a win. Yeah. They beat they beat Kansas 16 to 13 in a game they tried desperately to give away. But Kansas is too much butt to uh, to accept that um, that gift. I just realized that means that you got your free money pick wrong no, because I, you changed it. No, I picked Kansas. No, you changed it. You cha- I told you not to change it, and then you changed it. I picked Kansas. That's on the that's on the right. <laughs> ultimate dub for me. <laughs> so look, that's a good it's a good performance from the Tech defense. I'll say that. For the most part, I mean, they held them to like 124, 114 yards, 214 yards rather. But like, I don't know, like, I don't know if like Matt Wells is just not in love with Alan Bowman. I don't know if like they just like the offensive line has struggled at times. Um, it's a really odd thing to diagnose what's wrong with Tech, but they do get the win. It's a game they absolutely positively had to have, uh, and they finished the year four and six. So. I mean, we were talking about this. If they had lost that game, you wonder about Wells's Matt job. Wells' job security. I'm sure he's going to be fine now. Yes. He's going to be fine. They're not going to fire him after two years. But next year, it's going to be a tough year for him. They're going to, they're going to, need, to, they're going to need to show something next year. Um, now, by the way, they could go to a bowl game. That's another thing we should kind of put a blanket thing over there. Yeah, is that everyone Technically, can. everyone's bowl eligible. 
But with bowl games kind of dropping like flies, like the 10th one, the L.A. Bowl was canceled today. Yeah. And so there's not going to be – so there, that's 10 bowl games that have been canceled. Um, I don't think it's, it's going to end up being that, like, Tech gets into a bowl. But they do finish the year four and six. Probably disappointing. The you know we'll we'll make sure we do all of our post mortems down the road, but uh, a little bit of disappointing there for for Tech. But they do finish with a win, an ugly win, but a win. There's that. Texas State did not play seasons over. Texas A and M. Positive, very positive. Um, there. Were, I mean, look, this is kind of what we we've been saying is. There is not a quarterback in the state of Texas that I am comfortable saying, just let him go out there and win it for you. Not one. I really don't think there is one. No. Okay? And Kellen Mond included. I think Kellen Mond's pretty good, but he does not need to go out there and win it by himself. Mm-mm. So when you get a big game from Devon Sham, when you get a big game from Isaiah Spiller, that takes the pressure off of him. Yep. That's the biggest thing for me, is that they are getting that running game going, and they're not asking Kelmont to go out there and throw the ball 40 times a game. It's so it's so comparable to TCU with Max Duggan. Yeah. Great player. They can go out there, and they can win you right. games, but you can't count on them to do every single you thing. You can't ask them to go out there and do anything. No. So that's the big thing. Good you, players, you, not superstars. You, you, you spread the wealth around, and they did that, and the defense came up aces uh, against, uh, against Auburn, came up with the stops they needed to down the stretch, and look, they're in the hunt. They're in the hunt. They got yep. two more games to go. They got they got uh, Ole Miss this week, and then they're at Tennessee on the nineteenth. And we'll see. You know, we'll see. They're not going to the. Uh, they're they're. By the way, they're still not going to the the conference title game. They're not going to. I mean, Alabama. They have one more game. They've oh, Alabama's got two more games, but at Arkansas, and then they and then yeah. So the uh, the SEC title game is set with Florida, right? So they're not mm-hmm. going. But they're still in the playoff hunt. If things, uh, all they can do is is play the games they've got and hopefully pull out the you know a mm-hmm. sneak in. But a good step. They could. They can only control what they control, and they controlled it this week. Texas. You know, they. I threw this out there on Twitter, and it's a real controversial opinion. But they averaged a little more than 10 yards per play. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy. Yeah, I'm ready. I feel like they should do that every week. Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good to see the running game get going. Bajan was unbelievable, and, and Rashawn Johnson were both great, um, and and Sam Ellinger was sharp. They jumped all over, and 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 what's so important to me, they jumped all over K State in a place that they have traditionally struggled. Mm-hmm. Historically, it's terrible when they go to Manhattan. But they have they went out there and they jumped all over them, and they did not let them breathe. Now look, Deuce Vaughn, Ron Rock's own, busted off a couple of of big runs for them. And, and made him look silly a couple times. But in the end, this was about the Texas offense really waking up and coming up with a big game, or coming up with a, with a really impressive uh, uh, victory. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they're not done yet. They got one more game at Kansas. And now I know at Kansas has not necessarily been uh, 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 you know all sunshine and daffodils for Texas historically either. But if that offense gets going and they're able to run the ball like that, that mm-hmm. is very impressive. What's also impressive to me is that remember they did this without one of their starting offensive linemen, Sam Cosme. Yeah, who was such a key. Like mm-hmm. it's not only that he was a starter; I mean, he was a key, key now, look, factor this now, year. Now look, I'm not here to tell you that I think Kansas State's a world beater. They finished the year four and six. Right. But what I do think is that this was a really impressive performance from the Texas offense. Mm-hmm. By the way, there are some COVID cases in the Texas program, so yeah. that game against Kansas is kind of like. Mm, 
We don't know. Right. They don't necessarily need to play it. Neither of these teams are going to the Big 12 championship game. It's going to be o- Oklahoma and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. But um, just keep an eye on this. Like, yeah. we'll see if that game ends up happening. It would be really nice because then Texas would probably, barring something that deserves Tom Herman getting fired, uh, finish the year 7-3. and three, mm-hmm. Which I think would be... We'll do. We'll, we'll go back to to them whenever we do our uh, our, our post mortems. But like, I think seven and three is a mild disappointment. Yes. But we'll talk about that later. TCU, probably the most unheralded performance of the weekend. They go on the road and beat uh, Oklahoma State, twenty nine twenty two, and you know it's funny. I don't think anyone outside of Max Duggan was really super effective. Yeah. They didn't run the ball particularly well. But, man, guys, Quentin Johnston's going to be awesome for them. Yes. Quentin Johnston's a star. Yes, he He's is. a star for them. Um, he had a huge he had a huge game, a couple of big plays. Um, and they end up pulling out a big win, coming up with the stops they need down the stretch. Um, and, yeah, look, a credit to them. They were down in this game 16-7. to and they rallied, and they 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 pulled out the victory. Um, they made Spencer Sanders uncomfortable, which I thought was really important. Um, I don't think it was a complete defensive effort, but it was a defensive effort where they won on the margins, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really impressive. And now they round yeah. out the season with the very weird week fourteen non very SEC yeah. non dis or non conference game uh-huh. where they take on Louisiana Tech. Um, but yeah, they could finish six and four. I mean, yeah. which for TCU, I think this year that's a pretty nice step in the right direction. And to to cap it off, I mean, you can assume that they'll beat Louisiana Tech, but to cap it off, like your last big conference game with a victory yeah. on the road against a ranked opponent. No, it was, it was, in, it was in Fort Worth. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay, I was wrong on that one. But still, but still a, against a, no, top, uh, a top fifteen opponent. Yeah, and it's not like that's like a far travel, you know. Right, and so you know, look, they've now got it's. It, they're so they're gonna they're gonna feel really. Mm. This is going to be a big season of what ifs for TCU. They're kicking because, themselves because they go and they beat Texas at Texas. Mm-hmm. They go and they beat Oklahoma State. Right? Those losses to Kansas State and West Virginia look awful. Right? Yeah, not. I mean, West Virginia maybe not up. necessarily, but like certainly the Kansas. West Virginia State was rolling kind of a little bit at that point in the season. I mean, you, they you're, you're, they're, they, well. they, they, they're definitely going to feel like they let a couple get away. Yep. But in any case, SMU did not play. Hooting intensifies. It's let's, what's up. Let's talk about these rice owls. It's what's up. Let's talk about these rice owls. <laughs> 20 to nothing, emphatically beating the number 21 previously unbeaten Marshall Thundering Herd in their own barn. All on the, the road. Way. And, and, and too, we brought up the point. It was an early kick on the East Coast. And by the way, they did it without Mike Collins. Mike Collins couldn't play. I think he's in COVID protocols. So Giovanni Johnson goes out there, and they didn't ask him to do too much. Mm -mm. What ended up happening was they just absolutely crushed them defensively. Mm -hmm. Absolutely under their thumb. Crushed them defensively. Got enough of a running game from them. Got enough big plays. and and, And they got the big pick six, and that was all they needed. That was all they needed. What a win for Mike Bloomgren and the Owls. Just fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. And and you're starting to see what they want to be. Now, I think they want to be a team that maybe has more than 200 yards total offense. 
That would but, be preferable. But the defense stepped up. The defense made Grant Wells look real ordinary, and Grant Wells might be the off the CUSA Offensive Player of the Year. They made him look real ordinary, and they got enough from all the other places. They won in the little things, and that's what Coach Coach uh, Bloomgren has always mentioned: win in the little things. Fantastic win, a a, a signature win for Rice, uh, who's had such a weird season. Now they get UAB yeah. next week. Uh, and and could finish the year with a winning record at three and two, and it's, I know you're going to say like winning record, whatever. But they have a legit shot to to finish the year with a winning record. So they say, can, when's the last time that they've done that? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been so that would be a huge like, step in the right direction for Rice. Fantastic win for Rice. North Texas. <sighs> well, came and went on Friday after Thursday afternoon. I just I don't know, man. Their defense is just oh, so they, bad. They know, yeah, and it's. I don't this understand. is a this is a Louisiana Tech team that has not been able to run the ball all year, and they run for almost two hundred yards on them. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what the disconnect at, of defense is with North Texas. Even in the, even in the past years, we had a unbelievable air raid offense with Mason Fine, but for whatever reason, the secondary is just bad i know what changes need to be made we've had new defensive coordinators fix something luke anthony was okay in this game but like he like it's just really they're a frustrating team to watch because you can see the talent on there you can see the talent but it's just not coming up with the plays. right like that's it and that's what's frustrating for them so now they're three and five on the year um jason bean was okay but like I mean, they, the weird thing is they put up 31 points, and I'm like, well, I guess the offense just needs to score 40 every game. And it's like, yeah. if that's the standard, you're not going to be able to win these games. No. And by the way, this was a Louisiana Tech team that hadn't played in, like, more than a month. Yeah. It was just— And you cough it up like that. It was a colossal pooping. That's two straight games where their defense has been absolutely shredded. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just super disappointing. So now they play—supposed to play UTEP, uh, a home road game. Uh, this week yeah. to round out the season, so maybe they can finish four and five. But like they can't have a winning record, and that's what's super disappointing. Because I thought Louisiana Tech was there for the, I thought they were ripe for the picking. Right. I thought that this was the kind of game that that Te- North Texas could really jump. Especially on at them. home. It's Why? Yeah, it was mm. bad, 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 bad. Houston did not play. Did not play. Baylor. The Bears. <laughs> well, okay. They went to Norman, and they gave OU a run, especially defensively. Their first half, their defense was spectacular. The second half, they they took their foot off the gas a little bit, unfortunately, and they they got they ended up losing the game twenty seven fourteen. But the defense, I think, takes none of the blame in this game. None. They, in fact, I believe this is the lowest out, uh, offensive output for an OU team in the Lincoln-Riley era. That's very impressive to do. Their defense was excellent. The offense, they run for 25 yards on 26 carries. Negative. And let's keep in mind, by the way, that does not count. That's not, that's not like... It is it is in, incredible to be that bad rushing the ball, especially against an, an OU rush defense that's not 
renowned for being great. No, not at all. They're about league average. I was going to say, really, ever. <laughs> and so then Charlie Brewer has to throw the ball 56 times. 56 times. And I'm not here to put the blame on Charlie Brewer because I think he was okay. He shouldn't be throwing the ball 56 times. But when you're averaging 4.6 yards an attempt, that's just not going to cut it. No. She's not going to cut it. The offense stinks on ice. It's bad. And, again, it's it's a perfect example of a game that was there for them if they could just be okay offensively. They didn't have to be great. Mm -mm. If they were just okay offensively, they can go up there and stun Oklahoma. Yeah. And instead, it's another one they let slip away. And, yeah, now they round out the, the season at home against Oklahoma State, and we'll see. I mean... It's like, I mean, and it's like we talked about with TCU earlier. You look at it, and it's like, man, the the pieces are there. And you look back at the season, and you kick yourself because you're like, man, we just dropped some of them. And we've talked about that all year. It's not like Charlie Brewer just woke up one day and was bad at football. You know, it's like, what Should have beaten Tech. Should have beaten Tech. Maybe shouldn't beat Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Should, definitely should have beaten West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, they've left some on the table because the offense just cannot go. Mm-mm. And it's just really disappointing. It's it's like I don't know. That there there's a couple of teams in in the state of Texas, North Texas and Baylor are two teams that just they really frustrate me watching them. Like it's really frustrating. Yeah, cuz you know the pieces are there. You know that they're athletes. You know that they can get yeah. the job done, but they're it's the, it's the meme. Do something. Like Do something. Just do something. Anyway, there you go. There's your campus crawl. Now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Well, that stinking car alarm finally turned off. Could you hear that? They could hear it in the comments from oh, my mic. Awesome. It was going yeah. the whole time. Um, You know, I think that that's just really it for the day. Okay. We got a lot of stuff to do. So. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, please be a player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Thank you.